Hello, and welcome to Benjamin Mayo McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and today I'll be talking to the stars of the current Australian Greece tour. That's Rob Mills, who plays Danny, Gretel Scarlett, who plays Sandy, and John Paul Young, the legendary Australian pop star who is currently playing Johnny Casino. Then I'll give you my review of the show, as I was lucky enough to attend the opening night here in Adelaide. And after that, I'll give my normal reviews of the latest release movies, thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas, and the latest release DVDs, thanks to Roadshow Entertainment. But first, here's my interview with Rob Mills and Gretel Scarlett, followed by my interview with John Paul Young. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the show, Rob and Gretel. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. In the theatres, outside of your normal <laughs> area, is it? Uh, I don't normally do interviews in theatres, yeah. no. <laughs> First time for everything. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're currently starring in Greece the Musical, which is touring, well, it's toured already to quite a few states and is still on the road. Mm. What's the rehearsal process like for a musical of this scale? Uh, I think from, from, the, from the get-go, it was about five weeks of, re- of rehearsals. Uh, we were told to be pretty much off book before we got to the, uh, the first rehearsal, just so we could really nut out all the... Re- There's a lot of dancing in this show, a lot of choreography, um, not only... Uh, on stage but backstage so uh, there, was a, there was a lot of that going on um, as far as the rehearsals goes now it's sometimes a show after a while can get uh, just at a, at a joint kind of like your spine or like a like your body it just needs a quick little massage so when we come into each city we just go back through the text again and we go through um, the characters and what it is that we want to achieve out of every scene and yeah we I suppose put it all back together mm. and Adelaide's getting a I don't know, I like the thing, a brand new show, even though it's yeah. it's a year on, but it still feels very fresh to us. And you've done over 300 shows now, so how do you keep it fresh every night? Not me, ask Gretel. <laughs> She's done them all, I missed a few, so... No, but hey, you, you keep it fresh. Uh, the, the idea of keeping it fresh, I think, is not about um, being inconsistent and, like, throwing a different thing at your partner as such on stage, because that can be a little bit unprofessional. Um, so I think mainly keeping it fresh is delivering the text that you're given, going back to the basics, which, like Rob was saying, with the rehearsal process, as much as we do four to six weeks rehearsal at the beginning of the entire tour, we do little touch-ups every now and then because sometimes you just start to go astray and you forget the meaning of your line. And so if you just go back to the truth of it, sometimes Mm. you just find a different thing. Plus the audiences give you something different every show. So you come out and on a Wednesday it might be a little bit quieter than all the audience. They're still having a great time and they've got lots of smiles, but they're not rowdy. They're not rowdy, but they're, they're listening to everything, so they want the story of Greece. Mm. Yet, on a Saturday night, you might have a party party crowd who, you know, have had a couple of drinks, and we love that too because our, our show completely changes. Mm. So I think that's the thing. It keeps it fresh and, and different when you're doing 300-plus shows. And Greece is a very well-loved musical, mm. so how do you make sure that you make it your own while still staying true to the source material? Mm. Uh, for me, it's... We're lucky in a sense. The movie is quite iconic, but the play itself is not so much. Um, we're lucky to have got an adaption of both. It's like a hybrid, I suppose, of the movie and the original. So when people come here, they'll be like, I don't remember the, that scene in the movie. There's probably like five scenes in this that are not in it's the a film. Bit mixed around, yeah. Also yeah, so in timeline. I, I really didn't feel too much pressure, to be honest. Um, I felt more pressure. Not so much from John Travolta's 
character because it's completely different film to theatre. But uh, the likes of Craig McLaughlin, who've just absolutely blitzed this role. I was in the stage production, the Arena Spectacular, with him in 2005. And I remember he just did such an amazing job. Uh, so they're, they're big shoes to fill for me. And Guy Pearce has played the role. Um, Richard Gere's played the role on, on, uh, on the West End. So they're, they're more sort of <laughs> the daunting thing. But for me, it was just... I just wanted to do, I don't know, play Danny how I would play Danny. So, nice, yeah. nice guy who gets a bit of, you know, gets a bit of head himself. He's a bit of a footy bloke, you know, when he gets around his mates, he gets all blokey, but really... He's a softie. He's a softie <laughs> and a mummy's boy, kind of like me, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit harder with the Sandy role. Um, it's not so forgiven here because we have Olivia Newton-John and she's Australian, and of course she puts Sandy on the map. Um, for Australian actresses especially. So for me it's been a little bit more challenging but I've, got, I've gotten very comfortable in what I bring to the role. Um, so I don't know, I've, it's, it's, a, it's a completely different written role to what, was, what the movie was. Mm. She was meant to be an American girl who was a strong Catholic girl, not an Australian girl who was naive. So it's, you know, I've, I've got to play the, the strong, the strength in her but keep her Australian because we've chosen to make the audiences you know feel involved and know that she's an Aussie girl so we're not steering too far away from that but so it's been it's been a little bit harder to fill the shoes but I'm yeah I'm I'm doing she's the best I again. can I'm do, that's it hasn't missed a beat sings amazingly <laughs> that's the most important thing <laughs> of course now can you walk us through the process you go through each night once you arrive at the theatre yeah um well I I get here a little bit earlier than um, then the hour call, I get about 45 minutes just to get um, my wig prep done because um, we all wear wigs in the show. So you got to put all your hair up into a stocking cap, and then I get my face done. And then you we go. Good, you have a good steam as well. I have a nice steam sometimes, a mm. cup of tea, or you know, just sit and sort of relax. Then we are called to warm up, so we have a physical and a vocal warm up. Um, sometimes I do my own vocal warm up separate, and also come and join into uh, like a big decent warm up. And then mm. um, we literally just get ready. From there, we get mics on. Um, you got to do your quiff. Do a quiff. Yeah. Uh, Listen to some music. We love to have some music going. Yeah. Bit of a chat. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> chat. Music. Uh, bit of steam sometimes. Mm. I like a shower before a shower the show. Shower's nice. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, put the makeup on, do the hair, mate. I've got the hair down to about five minutes, which is pretty good. So good. Considering it was. About 15, 20. It gets so hard because the poor boys have to, you know, their arms are up and it's aching and it's like... Help me! <laughs> you can't do anything. Some days it's just a bad hair day. <laughs> so that's that's sort of it. And then we just head backstage and get ready to go on after the overture starts. So what's the hardest part of working in the production? Uh, for me, it would be to look like I've won the Jive Time Dance Contest. <laughs> Danny wins the, the dance every show. And... I'm not a trained dancer, so I've worked really hard to make it look like I've actually won it. Mm. So the audience goes, yeah, that makes sense. Like, instead of like, there's no way that guy should have won. <laughs> like, yeah. So for me, that was the, the hardest thing. And every night, that jive does not get easier. It, I think your stamina gets a bit better, but as far as getting low or getting up or lifting cha-cha or uh, it doesn't matter how many weights you do at the gym or how much running you do, it's the... It's still the same tough uh, dance routine, which is, there's nothing better though, I think, in the audience, sitting and watching a really tough routine and going, these guys are amazing. Like, yeah. if it was an easy routine, everyone would be like, mm, it was okay. Mm. But because it is such a challenge. It's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, it looks great on stage. It makes all the difference to have that 
difficult performance, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. The audience feel more for you. Yeah. They're, they're, is he gonna? Is he gonna lift it? He's, yeah, he's got it. He's got it. He's gonna drop it. Didn't drop it. Well done. Well done, mate. <laughs> I feel for you. She looks heavy. She's not joking. She doesn't. She look doesn't. Heavy, <laughs> not at all. And uh, what's the most difficult the part for you? Oh, for me, I don't. I don't really find much of the show difficult. I have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, it's. I don't know, Sandy's a lonely plot, I think, um, in the show, and that's something that had took a lot of adjusting for me. Um, I don't get to cross a lot of paths with mm. people through the show, so I try to make my mo make the most of my time with people when I walk past them. I'll be like, hi, how are you going? Oh, I haven't seen you in two days or three days, maybe a week. Like, um, So that was something that I was sat down at the beginning of rehearsals, and our director said to me, you feel, you're feeling how lonely this is? And I was like, yeah, I'm not in the jive. I haven't seen people because they jive for like three weeks straight and all I was doing was literally singing next door by myself because it was just, I was trying to fill time. And so that's something that I find pretty hard with the show is mm. that. So I have, I'm, I've got my, my lovely dresser and the soundies and my wiggy who are, that, that's my A team because I literally, I'd speak to them a lot. Yeah. And what inspired you both to become musical theatre performers? Um, I was. Yeah. I reckon watching Disney movies like uh, Sound of Music and Sound of Music and Mary mm. Poppins and that sort of stuff when I was a kid. Um, as far as getting into theatre itself, oh, just seeing shows in the West End. I think after doing Greece the last time, 2005, I saw some shows on the West End that weren't uh, very old school musical theatre, which I thought that's all there was. I mm. saw Avenue Q. I saw mm. Wicked. I saw uh, We Will Rock You. And I thought, I could do that stuff. I've been yeah. singing in bands for years. The same, it's a similar vocal tone. And you get so, to do what you love too. Yeah, yeah. So I came back and just basically researched it and found out how to get into musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I always had vocals that. and just took acting lessons, singing lessons and get dance class. Yeah. yeah, I always had that little inkling as a child to yeah. do it. I, I grew up doing the dancing, singing, acting thing. A lot of drama classes and all that triple threat. Um, so then, when I got, I was about 12 years old, and I remember saying to someone, I want to go to WAPA. I, I was a very research heavy girl, so I just remembered that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the musical theatre thing. I was inspired by things like Judy Garland, those sort of movies, Barbara Streisand. Just, I saw myself doing that. And bit of Bette Midler? I love Bette Midler. Yeah, yeah, Bette Midler. Yeah, I, love my, I just love that sort of, yeah, concept. So I, yeah, that was mm -hmm. what inspired me. And how would you describe the life of a musical theatre performer? <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, you get your days free and you get to sing and dance and have people cheer and clap you at the end of your job. It's the only job, entertainment, which I've now been like, pretty much half of my year, I've, I've, half of my life, I've been, I've been on stage. It's the only job where you can finish your finish your shift and people go, that was great, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you look at any other job, when you clock no off, one's gonna... no one claps for you. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's... But it's also, on, on, on the other end of the scale, it is really hard work. Mm. And that's one thing, is it takes up, it does take up your life, um, if you, you know... Life? You, it takes up my life. There's no life. <laughs> exactly, there you go. The show <laughs> that's an example. Oh, yeah. Finally, can I squeeze in one more? Yep. What advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry? Oh, mate, practice makes perfect. Yep. Whether you want to be Completely. a singer, an actor, or a guitarist, or a musician. Um, You're not yeah. going to be spoon-fed, so you've got to work really hard for it. Yeah, and also say yes to any gig that comes up, whether it means you have to hold chords to be the camera guy, or whether it means uh, you're going to watch and, and, and take notes The more notes you do, the more you learn. Yeah. Yeah, just literally. say yes to every gig that comes up. If it's not paid, you just say yes, because you don't know who you're going to meet. Well, thank you very much for your time thank today. Thank you.
That was my chat with Rob Mills and Gretel Scarlet, who currently play Danny and Sandy in the Australian Greece tour. Now, here's my chat with Australian icon and the man who's currently playing Johnny Casino, Mr. John Paul Young. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Now, you've been lucky enough to have a very long and successful career. Can you briefly sum it up for our listeners? Um, well, I, I, I started in a normal suburban band about 1968 and uh, then went from there to recording my first song in 1972, uh, which is when I joined the cast of Jesus Christ Superstar. And... Uh, then uh, continued with the recording career from 1974 up until about 1979 and then the 80s came and the 70s were dead and so was I for a while and uh, and then I got involved in, in radio, I, I did a bit of radio work in the late 80s until Strictly Ballroom came out and, uh, and rejigged Lovers in the Air and uh, I haven't really looked back since, it's been great. And what do you think of the differences between performing pop music and musical theatre? Oh, big difference, big difference. Um, this is uh, so much more disciplined, you know. This is... Uh, I mean, you get on stage and do a bit of what you do yourself. Uh, you can take your time if you want, you can speed up if you want, you can do what you like if you want because everything is under your control. Whereas uh, here on this stage, it's, um, it's kind of like starting a, a big engine... Mm. And if one part goes wrong, it can wreck the whole lot. So, um, uh, yeah, everything depends on the other part. So uh, when it starts, it keeps going. And uh, if something goes wrong, then it could be absolutely catastrophic. <laughs> and hopefully it never does. <laughs> Hope so. Now, you've been in a couple of major Australian musicals prior to Greece. Yeah. What attracts you to musical theatre? Um, I think it's just... Um, Getting myself out of my own comfort zone, you know, it's uh, it's good to do that. It's good to stretch your boundaries every now and again, and uh, I I kind of like the discipline of it, even though I'm I'm probably told to shut up backstage more times than I should. <laughs> well, uh, what do you look for in a role when auditioning or being offered a part? Don't really know. I haven't really. Uh, I don't think I'm really that choosy when it comes to that. I I um. When I did Shout, I did 13 cameo parts and, and I played everything from a, from a Catholic priest to a drag queen, you know, so I, I don't really know. I think, I think I'd have to just be... Somebody shove it in front of me and I'd, I'd make up my mind there and there, you know. And what do you think are the key elements to make a musical successful? Um, I th well, the music is really everything, you know. It's, uh, the performance of it is is paramount but but the songs have to be good the songs have to be the one thing and, and I always I'm always of the opinion that it's it's rather handy if you can put a musical on after the songs have been successful mm -hmm. rather than using the show to uh, to to break the songs I think it's uh, it's always very handy if the songs are broken beforehand and do you have a favorite musical um no, not really. I don't. No, I don't think I do. I, I, I do like some more than others, but um, I, I tend to gravitate to the ones that, that everybody knows, you know, and, and things like Grease, you know, of course, everybody knows them. Um, any, I think any musical that's had, um, like, a number one hit or a mm. top five hit or a three or four, preferably, they're the ones I like, yeah. 
And what do you think is the highlight of your career so far? Oh, there's been so many. I, I don't really know. I, hopefully it's still to come. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a great way to look at it. Now, can you walk us through the routine you have once you arrive at the theatre each night? Um, I basically just sit around and uh, might go and have a cup of tea and read the paper and then I'll wait for uh, a particular song because everything's done on cue in theatre. So my cue is, uh, is when I hear, um, look at me, I'm Sandra D," and that means that's time for me to go and get my hair done. So I go and get my hair done, and then I come back and I put my makeup on, and then I get dressed, and then I, by then it's uh, just about intermission. Can have another cup of tea maybe, have a yak to the band, and then uh, go side stage and uh, and yak to Bert, and there's always there's always an opportunity for a gag. Um, I try and upset him when he's on stage because I'm side stage, nobody can see me, so I, I try and make him laugh when, when I shouldn't. And, um, and then I get on and do my bit, and then I come off, and then I, I, uh, I have to be understudy to, uh, to Todd McKenney. So I've got to kind of rehearse a bit in my head, Teen Angel. And then I get on and do the finale, and that's my day. Well, uh, you've only got really five minutes of uh, sort of prime time, so yeah. how do you make those five minutes your own? Oh, oh it's... Um, I used to go fishing with an old guy, an old Armenian guy, and, uh, and he was... Uh, he used to say... He used to be a ballroom dancer, and uh, his uh, attitude to life was, when you're on the stage bugger, you've got to dance bugger. So that's basically it. You know, when, it's, when you're on, you're on. And don't ever think, I can have another go at this, because you can't. You know, it's, that's it. Perform. <laughs> and what do you think makes people fall in love with Greece? Oh, I think it's just a, it's just a, a classic boy meets girl story. You know, it's, um, you know and, and of course, it's not really an ugly duckling, but, uh, you know, she, she turns from... Uh, a very pedestrian-looking sort of a girl into a bombshell at the end. So, you know, this little, yeah, it's very raunchy in a way. And, and yeah, it's it's a little bit naughty. Even even in this day and age, it's a little bit naughty, which is great. And if you had 30 seconds to sell Greece to someone who hadn't heard of it, how would you sell it? Um, oh, gee, I don't know. I, I think I'd play a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd play Grease Lightning or something like that, yeah. Finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry? Mm, mm. Um, head down, work hard. Um, you know, listen to that Ethel Merman song, There's No Business Like Show Business. Kind of uh, puts it all in a nutshell. <laughs> but, um, but it's you know there's so much luck involved as well. But you know so the, but the more you can get out there and, and be a part of the, the theatrical scene, then the more chance you've got of being discovered. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time and your wise words. And Greece is currently playing in Adelaide before heading to Hobart, then back to Melbourne. Thank you very much, Benjamin. That was my chat with Mr. John Paul Young. Now. I did head over to see Grease the Musical in Adelaide on its opening night last Thursday, and I was quite impressed. The whole show is a lot of fun, and it's brought to life wonderfully by its leading cast. However, 
for an opening night, I did feel a little bit of a lack of energy from the chorus, which, as I'm sure musical theatre fans will know, can often make or break a show. Now, while I did think the chorus was a little bit flat, it certainly didn't spoil the show for me. Unlike any traditional musical theatre show I'd seen prior to this one, they had an audience warm-up with one of the lead characters, uh, played by Val Lehman. At this point in the show, they started to encourage the audience to sing throughout the different songs in the show, which was an interesting concept and some people in the audience certainly got involved. After the crowd warm-up, they went back to the traditional style of musical theatre, and the songs were fantastic. They were performed with a lot of love by the lead actors, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the chorus could be a little bit flat at times, or sometimes even just half a beat out with the dance moves, which was a little bit distracting, but it didn't spoil the show. Now, Grease is one of those musicals that has loads of one-song roles, and they're brought to life brilliantly by Todd McKenney, who plays Teen Angel, and he had a lot of fun, and he even threw in some personal jokes about some of his past roles, which certainly got a laugh from me. And then John Paul Young, playing... Johnny Casino, and he did a fantastic job, and he made the audience really feel alive, and he almost put a rockier edge to the song, which I quite enjoyed. Rob Beals and Gretel Scarlet were fantastic as Danny and Sandy, and they certainly did share an on-stage rapport. Stephen Mayhew played Kanicki, and he certainly did a great job of his song Greased Lightning. Other than that, I felt that he didn't really get the kind of attention the character gets sometimes in other versions of the play or in the film, but he certainly did a great job of his major number. And Lucy Maunder played Rizzo, and you couldn't help but being attracted to her when she was on stage, and her song There Are Worse Things I Could Do was a simply spectacular moment in the production, and it's worth going to see the show just for that song. And when the whole cast came together in a big finale, or a Grease Mega Mix is what they call it, it was a really fantastic moment, and it sort of gives you the highlights of the show all over again. Now, while the script of Grease has never been uh, a standout one, the production is a lot of fun, and I'm sure it'll iron out the kinks of in the chorus after the first couple of shows. I strongly encourage fans in Adelaide or anywhere else in Australia that's headed, so it's headed to Hobart next, then back to Melbourne uh, for a return season there after it sold out last time. So I strongly encourage not only fans of the musical, but people in general to go and see this musical, as it's certainly one that can be enjoyed not just by musical theatre fans, but by families and people in general. I'm going to give it three and a half out of five stars, and it certainly is the number one party musical. Now, from the stage to the screen, and thanks to Palace Nova, I'll be checking out the latest movie releases. First out for this month, which was released on Friday the 1st of August, is Lucy, and it's the latest offering from writer-director Luke Benson, and I think he's revolutionised the sci-fi genre. Now, Lucy is a very unique movie, as it combines the artsy style of a movie with a typical sci-fi plot, and the result is a little bit spectacular, though it does have some flaws, but it is a revolutionary film, and I do encourage people to go see it, and I'm giving that one four stars. Next up is A Most Wanted Man, which was also released on the 1st of August, and it's the final film to star Philip Seymour Hoffman in a leading role. Now, it is a film adaptation of John Le Carre's novel, A Most Wanted Man, and I'm going to say I think it's the best film of 2014 so far. And I'm not going to say much more, but that's five stars from me. 
The next film was Guardians of the Galaxy, the latest offering from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I was lucky enough to attend a media screening on the 2nd of August, so my review's been up for a while now. Now, I think the opening of the film was rather shocking, but it also immediately hooked the audience. And for a Marvel movie, it had some depressing scenes, but other than those one or two that were exceptionally depressing, it was rather comical and just a teeny bit stupid. Um, it's a lot of fun, and I do think Marvel fans will enjoy it, as well as fans of just general funny sci-fi movies. So not certainly not one of the best Marvel films of all time, but a lot of fun. Three and a half stars. And the next film that's out is The Hundred Foot Journey. Now, while this one isn't out yet, I was also very lucky to attend a preview screening of it. And it's a scrumptious film, and it has a wonderful cast, and there are a few minor flaws. I'm giving that one four stars, and I strongly encourage people to go check that one out when it opens later in the week. And my final film for today is Snowpiercer, starring Chris Evans and John Hurt. Now, this film is quite violent, but also it's a social comment uh, told through a sci-fi story. And while I think violence is certainly something that could have been cut down on, I think the story is astounding, and it's certainly an interesting way of looking at our society, and also a very depressing way of looking at our society. So I certainly encourage people to go check that one out, and that one's four stars from me. And for any of those reviews in full, you can check out the full reviews on the website on the movie review section, so preacherspodcast.net, and then just head over to the movie review section, and you can check out all those reviews in full. Finally, on the review front for today, thanks to Roadshow Entertainment, I'll be looking briefly at their latest releases. Now, coming out this month from Roadshow is a whole range of various DVDs. So this is the August releases for Roadshow Entertainment. We've got The Musketeers, which is a period drama, which is currently screening on BBC First on Foxtel. So for people who don't have Fox, it will be the first chance to get a hold of it. Um, now, the next release is the ABC show The Time of Our Lives, Season 2. So uh, you can get your hands on that one just a little bit before the show ends. So I do encourage fans of it to do that. And then Lewis, Series 7, the very popular British crime drama. And something on the American front, uh, Nashville, which is a show about country music, has its Season 1 fully released on DVD in Australia for the first time. And then the very popular Orphan Black, Series 1 and 2 in a box set. And uh, the Ellen Pasco Series 10, uh, still staying strong after nine seasons. Season 10 is finally out. Then the British drama The Tunnel, uh, which is a, a co-production between England and France, which is still playing on ABC One at the moment, but uh, you can pick that one up very, very shortly. And then the Johnny Depp movie Transcendence is also out this month. And my personal pick of the month, I always do a, a pick per podcast, is Father Brown Series 2, based off the very famous best-selling novels. It's been uh, modernised slightly, not to the present day, but uh, just brought forward a little bit to make the stories a little bit more entertaining. And it's uh, wonderful. Mark Williams plays Father Brown, and Saoirse Cusack plays his assistant, and it's a wonderful set of stories. There are ten episodes in series two, and uh, I encourage my listeners strongly to get this one. So that's my pick of the month, Father Brown, series two. And all of those are starting to become available now, and they'll be released over the course of August. Now, 
Before I go, I'd like to thank all my wonderful sponsors, Palace Nova Cinemas, Mad Zombie Collectibles, which are located uh, just across from the Adelaide Arcade now on Twin Street, and you can pick up a whole ton of collectible goodies there, and of course Roadshow Entertainment. There's also a range of places you can follow the company and the podcast. Over on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Preachers Podcast, and that is the whole page for the production company, Preachers Podcast, online and on stage. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Preachers Podcast, P-R-E-A-C-H-R-S Podcast, and the website, www.preacherspodcast.net. And if you like the show, you can download it on iTunes or online on the website under the Talk To Me part and read the movie reviews in full in the movie reviews section. Now, for the next August podcast, I've got something very, very special for you. On Monday, the 18th of August, I'll be heading over to Sydney for the Helpman Awards, which are Australia's equivalent of the Tony Awards if you're in America, or the Olivier Awards if you're in the UK. And uh, it's going to be very, very exciting, and I'll be bringing you coverage of that uh, from very shortly after the event. So stay tuned for a release around the 19th or 20th of August, and uh, we'll be bringing you another interview around then as well. I've been your host, Benjamin Man McKay. This is Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. See you next time.